0: Wouldn't it be great if Christians could talk about the Bible and various issues without fighting or arguing or name-calling? It would be so awesome if we could just sit down, have a cup of coffee, discuss, and even if we disagree, treat each other with respect. That's what this podcast is all about, kind, loving Christian conversations. It's not a sermon, not a Bible class. It's just followers of Jesus talking about life and faith. I hope this show encourages you to have conversations like this with people in your life. I'm Wes McAdams, and I want to welcome you to the Crosstalk Podcast. On this week's episode, I want you to hear a conversation that I had with my friend Jacob Rutledge. If you use social media like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, then I think this conversation will give you some things to think about. It certainly challenged me to consider some of the ways I use social media, and I hope it will challenge you as well.
1: I think social media can, of course, do a lot of good. Of good. Um, it, it, it can do good and can be used as a tool for the kingdom and can be beneficial for encouragement. At the same time, because of there's a screen between us and the person we're trying to engage in conversation, I, I think there's almost inherently something lost in that communication. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we struggle with communication anyways. But when you're making these really vague general posts or when you're just making this general statement and blasting something, it gets, there's a lot that's lost in the details that needs to often be, you know, discussed. And, and I think that's the case with a lot of this, this boycotting and, and things that go on like that. It's like, well, you know, do I uh, agree with everything that's, that's been done by, uh, you know Nike for example well maybe not um, but do I understand uh, even though I might not agree do I understand how that's perceived and and what that means for other people well yeah I think I do and um, I- instead of just talking about this and discussing it well we, we show our rage yeah right yeah. That, 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 that and to me that's a very unfortunate part of this of social media is that it gives us an outlet to our rage without consequence Mm. and what i mean by that is you can post a video of you burning your nike shoes or you can you know blast something on facebook and if someone disagrees with you well you already have the the awkwardness of of having to talk to them face to face, taken out of the picture, right? Right. You probably would not say that to them to their face, um, and and we just don't. We we're much. Even Paul says that you know people are accusing him of being more aggressive in his writing than he was face to face, and and maybe that was true. I and mean, We're all of that true, but there's this idea of just being able to put it out there, and and if someone engages you on it, well, if you don't like it, all you have to do is. You know, put an angry face on there, or or you have to, um, or you just have to delete the comment, or to block someone, and so all you have to do is just completely close out any interaction or or any critique um, and of, of your rage, and and having an avenue of of uh, of unhindered rage is is not good. Yeah. um and Christians have to be very very cautious about that because community in some way we all struggle with uh frustrations and anger but community if done right uh in l- looking at the church as a community helps us to curb some of those those vices and some of those tendencies you know you're not going to just generally speaking most people are not just going to start taking off their nikes and burning them in the middle of the church for you you know <laughs> um, But why is that? Well, because it's not proper. It's not appropriate, you know, for that given situation. But I can take them off and burn them in the church for when no one's there and post it on Facebook, and that's fine,
0: you know. Yeah, you think um, about or- the ways that your conversations go with people that are frustrated about whatever whatever they're frustrated about, how a conversation goes in person versus the way it goes online. And you think about the way that things were 20 years ago or 50 years ago or whatever, before social media existed. And if you had a frustration, you might go to somebody, or, or even today, when you take social media out of the equation, but if you have a frustration with something, you say, I, I'm i really frustrated about this. This company is doing X and I don't understand it and I don't like it and I don't appreciate it. And they they express it. And then the other person gets to give some feedback and there's this sort of back and forth and you can read each other's kind of their their face. And, and so there's venting, but there's controlled venting and right, and and that's right. that's a healthy thing because then we get to you know see that dialogue back and forth and kind of say, well, you know, that's a good point. Somebody called me the other day and they were pretty frustrated about something. And, and even just on the phone, we were able to, I think go back and forth a little bit and it curbed that, that sort of that anger so that, okay, there was a little bit more understanding when you walked away and it helped me too, to hear his side of things. And, you know, so we went back and forth, but when you, when you vent your frustration on social media, there's not that, and you just let it all out there and you just totally, you know, lay your feelings out. And then you you feel like you have to defend everything that you've said. And so somebody comments and says, whoa, I don't know about that. And then you feel like you have to go on the defensive. And there's, there's not that back and forth, healthy dialogue of kind of putting some some nice boundaries on the conversation, it, it just yeah. gets out of hand. And then, like you said, then we just block each other or we delete each other or we, whatever. Which is
1: not, which is not real life. No, absolutely not. I mean, like, I mean not. you can't just, you can't just like, you know, block someone. I mean, I guess you could, you know, <laughs> silent like, treatments. Yeah. If you see them coming, you just turn around and walk the other way, I guess. But, um, but I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that's a legitimate, um, A legitimate concern. Another concern, I think, is this how easy it is to uh, categorize people, you know, to place them in a specific category and just kind of blast that category and not view them as individuals. Um, You know, there's there's it's 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 so easy to do uh, online. It's much more difficult to do that in person. I'll give you an example. Um, You know, we live in a pretty conservative area outside of Austin and um but yet you know there's a senatorial race coming up and there's quite a few signs in my neighbor's yards of a political candidate that i don't support um and that has some very serious ideological differences between me and him uh and and so when you see that sign in someone's yard it's kind of easy to say oh well they support so and so and so then there's particular category but, but then that evening, if you're going for a walk and they come out of their house and they're walking their dog and you just start talking to them, well, all of a sudden, they're not simply so-and-so supporter, they're your neighbor, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're a person, they're an individual, and if they're not a Christian, they're a lost person. So, um, all of a sudden, I have to focus in on the individuality of this person, and I can't just kind of kind of pigeonhole them into a specific group. And that doesn't mean that their beliefs don't matter and who they support maybe doesn't matter. But but that one-on-one interaction. Now, I will say, like I said, I do think, you know, social media has its benefits. I've seen some, you know, I, I, for as many – I wish I, I wish there were as many good conversations as there were bad conversations. Sadly, that doesn't seem always to be the case. But I have seen some good interactions on social media sure. time that have been very beneficial they've helped me they've helped me uh think more clearly they've helped me think more articulately about uh certain issues i think they've helped other people who might not didn't know the issues that well um on the flip side i was just seeing a conversation the other day that uh it 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 had to do with the most recent nike controversy and um and this guy was just interacting with these brothers that I knew, and he was just, just, just like, "Oh, you, you know, you idiots, you know," and and just this very aggressive language. And I thought, well, surely this person is not a Christian. And I get on their uh, Facebook, and I see, you know, they're a member of such and such church, and um, I was like, oh, you know, that's just. Uh, It's just a terrible representation, I think, of, and and realizing that I know that not all of this person's friends were Christians.
0: Uh,
1: You know, there's non-Christians that are watching that interaction, and man, uh, we just really have to be mindful of what we're portraying to non-Christians in our interactions if we're claiming the name of Christ.
0: Yeah, you know, I when you were saying all that, it made me think that we tend to see people online, we tend to see them two-dimensionally. And and they they are not a real person, they're an issue or they're yeah. they're they're whatever right. and they they're just that singular issue. They're a person. Like you said, we categorize them, we kind of lump them into a category, but they're not three-dimensional. They're not people with with family and with issues and right. with, with concerns and things that we ought to be empathetic about. In fact, one thing I've noticed is I, I have some friends on Facebook who, if you met them in person, you would know that they had some learning disabilities. You would know that... that you know, that, that's the best way to put it, I think, is that they've, they've got some learning disabilities. Now, if you were to just read their posts on Facebook, you you wouldn't know that. You, you would think they're very opinionated. You'd think they're very outspoken. And then I see people interact with them, and I think that person that's interacting with them has no idea who they're talking to. They assume that they're talking to somebody on the same intellectual level, but they're not. And if they were talking yeah. to that person in, in real life, they would know, oh, okay, I need to really kind of be careful how I say what I say and I need to take into consideration who they are and and their understanding and their level of intellect and all of those things but you can't see that online, and so people become a profile picture and a name, and that's it. And we're Mm -hmm. arguing with a two-dimensional person, and we have to keep in the back of our mind, as Christians, we have to keep in mind, like you said, there are people that are lost out there that are going to remain lost, and their idea of what a Christian is, is being defined by the way they see us interacting online, but they're they're a real person. They're flesh and blood. They've got families. They've got uh, burdens. They have issues. They have struggles. They have things that we need to be praying for and they're made in the image of God and but yet we don't treat them like that because I don't even think we think about them like that we we see them as a, a picture and a name and that's it and there's so much more than that and we have to remember that every time we interact with somebody even if mm-hmm. we disagree and I've like you I've had lots of conversations where I've disagreed with people and it's led to a longer conversation I've got a um, a back and forth conversation I've going constantly now that started on Twitter and the guy honestly I thought was a troll and he continued to just tweet rude things to me uh about christians hey, about believers you might you might very well know it. and it it led to a, a direct message conversation which led to an email conversation and and it's really been very pleasant and i've really enjoyed it and i consider him a friend now he's not a believer he's an atheist or an agnostic and is very outspoken about that but i consider him a friend um and 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 it led to it went from disagreement to agreement to friendship, and it can it can happen like that, but so often it doesn't because we don't see people as real people.
1: Yeah, and i i think um, I think another part of this is again, there's this disconnect of like, what 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 is your life really like, and what's your Facebook life like? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really big issue that probably needs discussion because there's kind of like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I have to convey this every picture we're smiling. Um, you know, every vacation is, you know, perfect and uh, every food that I eat is delicious. And, um, there's no valleys in Facebook. There's no, uh, shadows there. Um, and that's that is uh, just it's just false. I mean, it's just it's just fake, you know, and, and not to say that we can't on, on, not to say we can't post our good moments and we don't want to post maybe some of the best of ourselves. And I, and I realize that. Um, but what happens is I think there's these like unrealized and unrealistic expectations because you and I both know that, you know, I mean, if we're being realistic, I've got three kids, you've got two kids. I don't care where you're planning on going to vacation. It ain't perfect. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of stressful moments and I'm not saying again, you have to post everything that happens, but I do think there needs to be this realization of, um, Hey, there's times where we're really struggling and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not perfect. And, um, you know, sometimes what's going on behind the photos is much more difficult than what's being conveyed. Um, online and then and then this idea of um the the idea of a history um you know it's really can you imagine if every single thing that you said um could be like easily like looked up you know just <laughs> right. within a
0: couple of seconds yeah.
1: i mean like oh yeah well on september 7 2013 you said this you know and but that's what happens with Facebook, you know. I mean, you, you have it on there, and it's like now you can just scroll back to like five years and see what you said. And uh, it, it's kind of – Are we, I, I, I hope that I'm not judged by people, and I try and be conscious of this, but I hope I'm not judged by like a single post that I make on Facebook. Yeah. Um, because sometimes we make posts that maybe we would say differently in the future after we thought about it or um, – you know and and hopefully we give people grace in that uh, I, I would hope so and
0: all of these things i mean it just it just reinforces in my mind that there are so many healthy ways to use facebook and twitter and and instagram and all these things there's so many unhealthy things but then there's so many healthy things i mean what if right. what if instead of looking at somebody's picture and thinking and what we tend to do is we look at somebody else's picture we post our own, of course, like you were saying, and to, to get people to think that we've got it all together. But everybody else does that, too. And everybody's yeah. putting out there this image of themselves. And then we feel jealous, you know, and we think, well, how come I can't go on a vacation like that? Or I wish I had that much time. Yep. Or I wish I had that much money. Or I wish my family was that perfect. Or I wish I, I, wish I looked like that. And so we compare ourselves. And instead yep. of comparing ourselves, what if we took the opportunity every time we saw somebody's picture and we thanked God for their friendship or we prayed for the things that we know are going on in their life. Or we just imagine what they might be going through and the struggles they might have. And we pray about them and we use that opportunity to connect with them and for them in a spiritual way. And then what was the other thing that you said? Uh, you were talking, Oh, going back in, in history and, and looking at things. And, you know, that's one thing I'm so thankful for with social media is that I can see my own growth. You know, I can I can look back and say, you know what, I would not say that that (laughs) way now, and I'm so thankful I'm not that person anymore. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful God was patient with me and gracious with me, and I'm sure five years from now I'll feel exactly the same way about things I'm saying today, and so it it allows us to look back and to and to see our growth and our progress, and that should be a good thing. But I think that you know, I've often said that we have to be really careful what we say because we, we, in fact, I've said that we have to make sure our words are sweet because we might have to eat them later. Uh, and, and that's what we, if, if we're gracious in our conversations now, then when we go back later and we realize, wow, I was wrong when I said that, if we were gracious, then, then it's not as hard to, to swallow. But if, if we're jerks, and then we find out, wow, I was really dogmatic about that. And I was oh, I really condemning of people. And now I figured out I was the one that was wrong. Man, that's a really hard pill to swallow. So we yeah. just have to we have to realize that everything we post, we're gonna have to come back later and deal with that.
1: Oh uh, yeah. And well and, and you're right. And I don't and I and I think that we should point out those good things about social media. I, th- I think when I think of the good things about social media, I think of access. And what I mean by that is, like, I gain access to so many beneficial, encouraging things through social media. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a lot of my, a lot of my Facebook friends are ministers, um, or at least the ones that Facebook thinks I should see <laughs> are ministers. <laughs> right. Um, and um, I'm really encouraged by the things that they post. Uh, um, it, it gives not only am I encouraged by it, but it challenges me. Like, I might see, like, as a minister to minister, I might see like a series that you're starting. And I might think, you know, uh, I need to do a series like that here at Dripping. And so I began, you know, stealing all of your stuff uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and starting it here at Dripping. Steals, you know? Steal something but,
0: better than my stuff, man. Yeah.
1: No, <laughs> and, and, but but in, so in some fashion, you know, you are affecting the work here at Dripping Springs because I'm seeing that and thinking, okay, well, I need to – the church can really benefit from this if I work on a series like that and um you know all the videos uh and 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 material that i gain from it um and just and just interactions in general with people that you know if if we didn't have facebook i wouldn't call that person up right you know i wouldn't i wouldn't meet that person for lunch and and maybe no it's not quite the, it's not the quality of relationship that we would have over lunch at the same time it's something you know right. i'm still able to keep up with their life i'm able to if they make a post about being discouraged i can you know write them a note or message them and encourage them and and help them in a way that maybe otherwise i wouldn't be able to help them yeah but so i think there's a lot of good in that
0: yeah i think i think what it is is that the the potential good far outweighs the negative negative if if yeah. we if we maximize the potential, and I think that that's the problem is that we're not taking advantage of the potential good. instead, we're emphasizing the negative. And we're really, I, I think that that what is happening, if you just look at the results and just say, is social media for the cause of Christ? Is it an overall positive or an overall negative? I don't know where I would come down. I know I asked the question, yeah. but I don't know yeah. where I would come down on that. But I, yeah. I know that the potential is there. I mean, it's the it is this huge gift. I mean, it's as big as the printing press as far as the potential good that it can be for the cause of Christ. Yet we mm. end up exposing the very the very sinfulness that we ought to be that we ought to be using the internet to address and confront in ourselves and in you know in our brothers and sisters and even in the world
1: yeah and I think that that kind of leads into this this idea of being being caught be, being mindful and being aware of the validity the truthfulness of what you're posting and what you're sharing I just had uh, to, yeah. I just have to take a moment to say something about that because I, I get a little bit frustrated with Christians, um, and with, they'll they'll see something. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's good," or "Oh yeah, that reinforces my beliefs," and then they'll share it or they'll post about it. And as soon as I see the post, I know that it's false. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I see it, I'm like, "That is false." I mean, that is just not true. And I and I think that. Maybe on a different day, if they, I don't know, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but if they were really clearly thinking, you know, it's it's, to me, it's like something I've learned the hard way, sadly, but something I've learned is if something sounds too good to be true, it most likely is, you know, right? Um, and I think that's very true with news stories, Um, even with stuff like, and this might seem like a weird example, but even like stuff that I've seen, like about archaeological digs that verify the biblical accounts, I'm very cautious about stories like that, unless it's come from, like, an extremely reputable um, source. Um, not that archaeology doesn't uphold Scripture, because I think in many ways it does. But if there's, like, some, oh, we found, you know, some, you know, almost unthinkable discovery, you know, right. we found, you know, King David's toothbrush or something, <laughs> you know. Um then,
0: uh, no, no, no! That then, one was right, Jacob. I, I know. I, I read that on the internet. That one happened. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And then, and then, um, and oh man, you know, I mean, you're you better watch out if you get on there and say, hey, I, I think you might want to check out the source material on right, it.
0: <laughs> or you refer them to Snopes you know. or something, and they say, well, oh no, no, Snopes is no good. You know, I don't trust Snopes. Yes. It's like, wait, you trust this, I but know. you don't trust
1: Snopes? I don't get it. I know. I'm like, well, okay, so. I mean, is there anything out there that you trust That's um, that you think is, like, genuine and, and, and truthful that I can show you? Because right. I'm, like, 99% sure that this is not, <laughs> this
0: well, and, is not true. And like you said, <laughs> you know, if something is too good to be true, it probably isn't. And, but the... The other side of that is if something is too bad to be true, it probably isn't true either. And, and yeah. that's what, yeah. I it amazes me how much we love dirt and gossip and slander about the yeah. people we disagree with, and we are willing to vilify them and slander their name and yeah. smear them all over the internet. And then if somebody says, well, you know, that's not really true, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or whomever it is that you don't like, you know, that they didn't really say that. They didn't really do that. Right. They they think, well, you know, okay, well maybe they didn't do that, but they probably did something just as horrible. And and I've seen people leave it up. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And that's extremely dangerous because, you know, truth and falsehood have consequences. And if, 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 if people are believing certain things about people that are not true, it does shape their beliefs. It shapes how they act towards people of, of a similar vein and, and, and of a similar mindset. And, uh, I mean, we have to be, as as God's people, we have got to be full of grace and truth, as Christ was. And we have to speak the truth in love. We have to be people of truth. And truth, um, for lack of a a better um, definition, you know, truth is that which reflects reality. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be people that convey and reflect that which truly reflects what is real and what is true. And in a perfect world, Christians should be absolutely without bias when it comes to these things which listen, I don't care who it is. I, I just want the truth. Um, I just want the truth to be spoken. I don't it's, when it comes to politics, when it comes to companies, when it comes to whatever it is um, just let the truth be spoken
0: yeah.
1: and, and and if it can't be verified, if it can't be shown to be true, then throw it out, get rid of it because the church, the church cannot be full of Christians who are willing to believe any story that comes down the road.
0: Yeah. And we, we have to, I mean, this is the very epitome, I think, of loving our enemies, is that we even give them the benefit of the doubt. And if somebody has the wrong letter behind, if some politician has the wrong letter beside their name, then you you must, if you love them, if you're a follower of Jesus, you must give them the benefit of the doubt. And so if you don't, I'm not saying that there's not a time for us to say, hey, you need to consider this story or consider this that happened. That There is a time, I think, to say that, and I think that social media can be a place for right. that. But if there's a possibility that it's not true, don't share it. If you don't know right. for a fact that that's true, then you have no business perpetrating what very well could be a lie and gossip and slander and and you you're essentially becoming a false witness against somebody in the public in the jury of the Mm. public and Mm. and you really are falsely testifying against them and slandering their name and if you don't know that that testimony is true then you've got no business sharing it
1: yeah that's a good point and also really realizing um Uh, A good friend of mine, he had a saying, it always cracked me up when he said it, but it's so true. He used to say there's two sides to a pancake, no matter how thin you cook it, you know, (laughs) and uh, and I and I and I have found that to be true. And I and I have, you know, okay. what this story might have some truth to it, but what's the other side of the story? Yeah, Um, what what? What is the other side to this? I think a good example of this. Maybe I shouldn't bring up this example. You can you can uh, delete it out of the podcast if you want to. Um, but but I think a good example of this is like uh, a, a thing I've seen circling is recycling. It's recycling again um, uh, about the. It shows the the difference in two translations of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and it will say, okay, well this this translation it's the true translation and it has this verse in it but this translation over here it's missing this verse and therefore it's a heretical translation it's a false translation that you shouldn't use this bible okay well it is true that that translation does have those verses and the other translation doesn't have those verses but there's this implication and, within and,
0: that thing. Right. and not even just implication but downright saying that they've deleted yeah. those verses or they've they've taken right. those out and, and and implying but not even just implying but just stating that th- they're corrupt and they're trying to deceive people by deleting these words or verses sorry i interrupted right you. no ahead. no
1: it, yeah yeah exactly and and so it's like okay that's true but why is it true right why 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 don't and they don't realize that it has to do with the uh, difference of use in different manuscripts and different textual traditions and and uh, it doesn't have to do with and they most likely don't know that some of those translations that they're critiquing were actually when they were first translated meant to be conservative biblical responses to what that council viewed as a liberal translation mm-hmm. and so um there's there's this idea of Okay. Yes, maybe some truth to that, but let's let's consider the other side here, because um, the, the, because we need to look at both sides, and I I think we just need to be really careful about the things that we share and the things that we're um, conveying uh, on on social media because. We, we want to be people of truth, and I just keep coming back to that. We want to be people of truth.
0: Yeah, and that's and, and that's the thing, and I think that's a great point, because if you don't know why your opponent is saying what they're saying or doing what they're doing, then you really aren't in a position to criticize them. I think that we really... we. There, there may be some exceptions to that. I don't know. But but we really should understand where they're coming from first. And, and it's not to say that that they should be above criticism because I think there's a, a time and a place to say, you know, this behavior is wrong and here's why. But I right, think as absolutely. much as possible, we need to understand what they're saying. I think you brought up the Nike thing and I think that that goes back to the Kaepernick thing and then the Kaepernick thing goes back to the kneeling thing and that goes back to the, you know, the situation with Black Lives Matter and police situations and and different events. And, and, And it's not to say that you can't pick a side or say, I think that they should do this, or people should do that, or this shouldn't happen, or this should happen. But it is to say that I think most of the people that have become armchair commentators on these issues don't really understand what the other side is saying they really don't mm-hmm. understand the other people's perspective and and that's so important and and you have to you you not only have to understand it but you have to voice it and say you know it seems to me that these people are saying such and such, or it seems to me that people on my side of the aisle or whatever seem to say such and such. But here's, here's something I'm thinking about. There's so many ways to phrase things without vilifying or or just taking away the motivation behind things or, or just dismissing that. We're so dismissive of people's feelings and people's motivation. Rather than seeking to understand them and to be understood by them, we dismiss right. their feelings and say, it, that doesn't matter the only thing that matters is my version of what you ought to do or what you ought not to do
1: mm. well yeah and I think what you what you also discover when you seek to understand someone's position before you critique them and it might and it might like you said once you understand where they're coming from you you can still come back and say okay well I think I see where you're coming from now but here's here's where I take issue with that right you know this and this. And allow them to respond as well, and and but but now you're again going kind of back to what we were saying earlier. You're seeing them now as a person, yeah, and as an individual, and um, not simply as a part of a group. You know, they might be supporting you might not support uh, Kaepernick and uh, what he has done, but maybe they do because maybe they have. Um, you know, suffered racism and prejudice in their life. Right. Now you're coming from it from the standpoint of saying, well, um, there is no, or we don't believe there is a systematic racism, meaning that there's no uh, racism, uh, or, or, or no institutionalized racism, as there used to be back uh, in the the 40s and 50s and you know 60s, where. Um, Uh, people of African-American descent were uh, institutionally uh, prejudiced against. And they might be saying, well, we don't see that. It's much better now than it used to be. Well, but what they're hearing you say when you say that many times is there's no such thing as racism or there's no such thing as prejudice or there's no such thing as prejudice cops or there's no such thing as prejudice in power or in government. And where that's not really what you're saying. Well, when they say uh, accuse uh, the system or cops, all they're hearing is, well, every white person is a racist or right. something like that. You know, so there's, there's a lot in translation. Neither one of them is really saying that.
0: Right. That's exactly um, and, right. It,
1: and, and it's and, and, and yet what it, the problem is that a lot of these issues are so emotionally charged yeah. and for good reason. I mean, sure. People have been hurt. Evil has been done. And, um, it's incredible to, for me that we that, that, as a nation, that we have survived some of the things that we've survived when it comes to some of these issues. and um, But uh, at the same time, especially on social media, we have to guard our and – I, and I will say, I've seen some really bad interactions about some of that situation with Nike. I've also seen some really good ones as well. Yeah. Um, and those have been encouraging and refreshing to me. And I think they've been encouraging and refreshing to other people as well who kind of sit back and say, you know, that's how we're supposed to do it. Yeah, That's how it should be done. And people are not going to know how to discourse correctly and sit w- with civility on social media unless cr- unless people show them how, unless people lead the way, unless people are willing to be reviled and not revile in return, to mm-hmm. take a curse upon themselves and to bless instead, um, you know, they, okay, until they see that in concrete form in some way on social media, it's just, it's just words to them. Yeah. But when they see somebody who, man, somebody's just blasting them on Facebook. And then instead of responding in kind, the Christian um, gives them the benefit of the doubt, shows civility, tries to uh, find common ground with them, critiques them in a loving and kind fashion. Um, I think I think reasonable people stand back and are like, okay, that's that's really how I need to go about doing things now.
0: And that's how you change people. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's a, a point that a lot of people don't consider is that no matter how many people like or comment on your status or your facebook post or whatever there are a multitude of other people that aren't interacting at all they're just facebook stalking you know they're just they're just watching and they're listening mm-hmm. and they're they're mm-hmm. they're trying to get a feel for who you are and what you're all about based on what you're saying and we don't realize that there's that audience out there that, that they may never interact with anything you post but they're watching you and they're listening to you and speaking yeah. of race i i had one of the most interesting just heart-wrenching experiences one time i posted Uh, some stuff on the Radically Christian blog uh, about race and about our history of racism in our country. And, and then the, the people that came out in defense of, I mean, I'll just say that, I mean, they came out in defense of the Confederacy. And, and so there was this, there was this back and forth going on between different people. And, and there was a couple of African-American ladies that posted and said, you know, we don't always comment, but we're watching. And I mean, I don't think they were speaking about, you know, all African-American people. I think they were speaking for themselves, but they were saying, you know, I, I may not always comment, but I'm watching. And and this one lady said, if I wasn't already a Christian, I wouldn't become, I might not become one based on what I see here. And it mm-hmm. just absolutely broke my heart that, that the people so adamantly defending their position, defending, you know... What they want to present as this spotless image of our country, they're so ingrained in defending their, you know, their region or whatever, whatever their history, their legacy, whatever. They're so defensive of that, that they are pushing their neighbor and their sister in Christ away from them. And they're saying, I don't care how this makes you feel. I don't care about what you've experienced. I don't care your perception. I, I'm going to defend this, this piece of fabric, this statue, this idea, this legacy, whatever it is. And 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 not engage in a dialogue of love and concern and empathy and kindness, but instead just be so dogmatic and it, it really comes down to I, being cruel. I, I,
1: well, I know. And it's like, <laughs> there's no, and I know we're all guilty of this, but there's no moment where you stop and think, okay, I could, you know, I might not be wrong about all of this, but is it possible that I could be wrong about a little bit of it? I, like, <laughs> I mean, just a little, just a little, just give an inch, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of proverbs that talk about that. Like there's a time to talk to someone, uh, who's maybe acting foolish. You need to shut, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, you need to shut them down sometimes. Right. Um, and, but then, um, then there's other times where he says, just leave them alone. They're not going to listen, yeah. you know, and, and it just depends on the situation. Of course that, you know, that's the Jacob version. You know, I don't look those proverbs up in the way that I just <laughs> said them, but, um, <laughs> Uh, but, and I, and I think that's good for us as well. I I want to say just, um, another thing about this is I also think we need to be conscious and this is, this is me like stepping on my own toes in a serious way. Um, I think we need to be conscious of how much time we're spending on social media and where, and what context we're spending social media. I think you and I've discussed this a little bit before, um, you know, that, that, I mean, really, I you know your kids can really start to resent you and tar- and start to resent your your phone at a very young age yeah. because they're constantly seeing you on it. I, I had that happen once with me. I'm you know confessing here uh, with my son, and I mean he got I mean, he's only like three. He's only four now, but it's probably about a year ago where he got mad at me because he said, you know, you know, dad you know, put phone down, you know, it's like, he was frustrated, you know, cause I, and it was like, wow. Okay. You know, that was a rebuke for me. And, um, you know, really being conscious of, of, you know, having mobile free moments and having, uh, social and, and not allowing, and this, again, this is, this is for me and, and, and not allowing, the social media life and the facebook life to dictate the joy that you have in Christ yeah. in your real life and and not allowing the storms the cyber storms that are happening on facebook to influence and to determine the peace that you have within God in the real world and that that just so frustrates me when i allow myself and allow my day to be dictated because someone is critiquing me or someone's demeaning me on Facebook. And at the end of the day, they're just people. They're just people. And 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 I, I was reading the other day in Galatians where Paul is talking to them and he talks about, listen, am I seeking the approval of men? If I was seeking the approval, man, I wouldn't be the servant of Christ. Mm -hmm. And and that's in a different context maybe for him. But for me, what it meant was if I'm allowing my life and my ministry and my family to be dictated by the thoughts and the opinions of other people, then I will never find joy and peace. And uh, thankfully, the Lord has slowly been crucifying and painfully been crucifying that uh, within my life. And he continues to work in me in that way um but i think we need to be very con- very aware of that
0: you know it's funny that the 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 term that we use for adding new things to your timeline is refresh you know refresh your timeline mm. you just pull down and it refreshes and there's a whole new set of things to read and a whole new things a whole new set of things to respond to but we are, as a people, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, it, same for me. I mean, there's always, I, I have an inbox that's always full of emails and messages to respond to, and there's always phone calls to respond to, and always text messages to respond to. So there's always these things that are constantly refreshing for me to look at and to read and to respond to, but it's so easy to live your life without any refreshing, without any just turn it off and just yeah. spend time with god and spend time with family and spend time with somebody getting a cup of coffee or whatever it is and just just be still. And we have this idea, at least I do. I've got this this idea that if I don't do all of these things, everything will fall apart. And I've got to mm-hmm. keep going and I've got to respond and I've got to call this person. And I've got to respond to this text message and I've got to respond to this message and and my my wife is she's awesome and she's always trying to get me to just just stop. That's what the Sabbath was all about, you know. When mm-hmm. God told them, spend a whole day, and you don't work. You just trust me. And, and we've got to have some some Sabbath breaks from our phone and from so many things in our life where where we really trust God and just trust. Like you said, the approval of God is worth infinitely more than the approval of of man. Who cares how many comments or how many responses or who disagrees with you or who doesn't or whatever? Just put it down and be present with your family and allow the Lord to be present in your life and be refreshed by Him and stop worrying about what's on the phone.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, man.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Crosstalk Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you have an idea for a future episode, send me an email, wes at radicallychristian.com. As always, I love you, God loves you, and I hope you have a wonderful day.